We are live. Welcome to part of my jerk podcast, everybody. Sorry we missed you yesterday. Life gets crazy sometimes, especially when you're watching the games late and you sit around for an hour or so, watch the award ceremony, and then you have infant children that need taken care of. What's up, Don? What's going on? Uh, Did you work out today? I did. Yeah, what'd you hit? I hit a heavy 12 rep max deadlift. Oh, God. Sorry to hear that. It was not the way I wanted to start my Monday, but it happened. <laughs> yeah. uh, happy. I hit 365. I thought that was pretty good. Okay. 365 for 12. Yeah. Man. I think I could have, I think I could have hit 400. We used like more an of, aluminum bar that was like bending. You didn't have to go as far. Yeah, it was really or cool. Were you just I like, slamming I like, into the ground and it bounced up? No, I wasn't slamming it because I was afraid <laughs> I was going to ruin my back if I was to go too fast. <laughs> 12 reps is a little, like, once you get to, like, past six, it's like, ah, man, what am I doing? Yeah, man. A 365 for 12 is legit. I couldn't get anywhere near that. I, uh, I'm i surprised because, I mean, I haven't really worked out too much within the last month, I guess. Last week I was there a good bit, but, like, we did a heavy 10 rep last week, and I just did for, like, I did 300. It was just kind of getting back into it. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to push it a little bit this week and see. 365 felt – I felt really good until the last two reps. So I think I probably could have gotten 400 if I really wanted to kind of grit yeah. it out. Yeah, we. Uh, I've been trying – because I I just suck at deadlifting too. So, uh, Are you a 500-pound uh, deadlift? Not anymore. Not anymore. Somewhere. I, close to that probably, but not not 500. But uh, – and proportionately, my deadlift sucks compared to my other lifts. That's, so, yeah, that's true. And uh, I've been like – I'm tired, of, especially when they did the, the last chance qualifier and I saw the weights people were putting up. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm really bad at deadlifting. So I decided I'm like, I'm tired of that. I'm going to start de- deadlifting like heavy, going to start deadlifting twice a week. I need to get my weight up on that. Yeah. But uh, I was I was thinking about doing like a deadlift like cycle. But just because Matt Grace is doing it, though, right? Yeah, I pretty much like to do whatever he does. <laughs> uh, I I've like, thought about I've thought about doing his uh his programming just to kind of see. I w- I shouldn't say I wouldn't. I shouldn't say that. That's not fair. But the stuff like he's like I've heard him talk about it now a decent bit, and he's like, I'm going to program for you the stuff that I was doing that made me a champion. And so people are like, oh, so you're going to like give up the program you're doing to train for the CrossFit games. No, 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 no. You can't handle that. But I'm going to write the programming that I'm like. I'm going to dumb it down really, really, really highly. He's like, if you can get it done in like 90 minutes a day, then I'm like, then it's not the Fraser programming. Like, right. But uh, I did say he put in. I I like uh, like 74% of the CrossFit world today. Uh, came in the gym on Monday and was working on my freestanding handstand pushups. Yeah, nope, not me. I I appreciate my neck too much. Uh, I got them going all right. I can do them. I, I, can do- I think uh, doing the freestanding handstand pushups is fine, but doing that many of them, it was by the time they got to the end, it's like all right, their shoulders are wrecked. I'm just I'm like I'm watching them go down, and good for them because none of them seen it. It didn't bother them at all. Me, I was just like I'd be crunching and just ru- ruined. Now, candidly, I did put an ab mat under my head because I'm like, I'm not trying to, like, it's not that important to me. I'm not going to trash my head and my neck and all that for, for it. But uh, yeah, I was playing around with them. I, I was on a kick like a while ago that I wanted to get that skill. 
and I practice them a lot. So I, I still have like I still have them a little bit. The standard they gave me in the games, I think, is way easier. The fact that they let them start on their head, kick up, and then back down to their head and establish control, so way easier than, than like the way a handstand push-up goes. You start from the top, down, back up. Hmm. I didn't think of, I never really thought of it because they looked hard all the way around. So, and it was kind of confusing. I like missed the briefing part, and I was just like, "How? How is it?" By the time it took me like two heats to figure out like what the actual standard was for it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There was, there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of discussion on that with with who we were watching it with. Like, dude, and part, who... they probably said it many times. I was just with people and didn't really hear. But it was like eventually you heard them say like, "Oh, they need to start in the headstand, kick up." And then establish control back at the bottom, and then that's a good rep. Uh, you know, you know who I think was the most nervous for that event. Every single one of the judges. <laughs> <laughs> like keeping yeah. track of which line they were on. That I was like getting anxiety for them. Yeah, and it was it was a somewhat ambiguous standard, right? Like uh, they weren't super. I'd be curious to know how spe- specific they were, like establish control in the bottom what the hell does that mean and then yeah, like because like and then the like end, if someone like, goes a little out of control in the handstand walk portion and losing control of that like that that's what happened with Madero's. yeah well it was weird because like most of the guys it was like they were just trying to catch it in the bottom but like belner's like all right i'm just gonna crash on my elbows really hard with my knees and that yeah. was okay yeah like, yeah i'm gonna play keep playing around with them though because i i like they're they're a fun party trick yeah, I mean, I, you've always tried to do them a little bit. I've never really attempted. So, speaking of Justin Medeiros, 22-year-old Justin Medeiros from CrossFit Fort Vancouver is your 2021 Noble CrossFit Games champion. It was really impressive. Like, really, really impressive. Yeah. I think the thing that impressed me the most about Medeiros was – we're coming down the stretch and Vellner was like, kept kind of chipping away. You get five points here, 10 points there. It, he was starting to narrow the gap to be within striking distance. Now did, did Madero's beat Vellner on the yoke carry workout? I can't remember. No, mm, I, I don't got think so. Like, he got Madero's by like one spot. He crept up like yeah. five points, right? Yeah. Uh, Vellner had him on the first two workouts of the day. And Madero's got him on the last workout. That's what happened. Yeah, right. And uh, so basically you, you, you have a 22-year-old kid going into a situation where I think he needed to – he couldn't lose by more than like six spots or seven spots yeah. uh, to Vellner. He hadn't won a single event the entire week, goes out, and I truly – that's what truly impressed me to him as a, as a champion. He goes out and not only damage controls, wins the whole event. I think it was amazing. Yeah, yeah it was – it was really impressive, but um, yeah, I mean, the guy, he just didn't really have very many holes in his game. Right. Like, I expected there to be a few like 24th or 25th place finishes and there just wasn't any. Yeah. That's I Which, think the most impressive thing with him. He, he almost won the CrossFit games without it winning an event. Yeah. And like, he didn't have a, he didn't have a finish under 10th place, 11th place, 11th place was his worst finish. Which that's insanely impressive. Doesn't sound as impressive when you're thinking of like Tia and Matt, but like compared to everyone else, that is that is very very impressive. He took 15th in event two, but besides that, yes. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, 
Yeah. I, I, and you know what? The, it's probably great for the sport in general. Like, uh, I, he reminds me a lot. You can't say enough good stuff about the kid, man. Like, he reminds me a lot of Rich Fronin. Like, he's, uh, he's like cut from the same cloth as Rich is. He's a guy that grew up playing a whole bunch of sports. He strikes me more as a guy that, is, while driven for greatness, he seems to just love to train, right? Like, like I, I say that, it. like, the difference between, like, the Kobe and the LeBron. Matt Fraser's a Kobe Bryant. I don't give a shit. I just want to grind. I want to be the greatest ever do it. LeBron is like, yes, I'm driven to be great, but I just love to ball. Right. Like, I would be out here doing this for free. You know, and uh, Madero's kind of strikes me as that. He just loves people. He loves the training. He just has fun with it. He loves his coach. His whole family's behind him. Seems like a really cool kid. Yeah, he seems like uh, he just loves everything about life. Right. Like and he never, uh, never has a bad day kind of guy. <laughs> well, it, it was a really cool seeing him like in 2020. They're out there on the field for the bike repeater. His parents drive out to go watch him behind the fence. And uh, he's out there with Knifer. And they're just like chucking the frisbee around. <laughs> like this kid's awesome. I mean, he's a he's like a college kid. Like, yeah. At this point, he's just graduating college. So, like, yeah, it sounds like something I would do at that age. <laughs> I, uh, I I I heard him ask once. Um, you know, what do you think of the whole athlete training camp thing? Why haven't you chosen to adopt that sort of model where you get together with a bunch of of high level athletes and train with them? And it was so cool. Madaris is like, what are you talking about? Because I train with high-level athletes every single day. They're just members at my affiliate. I'm like, that's that's awesome. Now he goes to CrossFit Fort Vancouver. They're not exactly slouches there. They've got some insanely fit people there. They they put like, I think they they sent a team to the CrossFit Games like every year that it existed for like the first like ten years or something like that. Really? So, you know, they're not. It's so not, he is it's training not just with of, some big dogs. Yeah. Yeah, he's not just, you know, running around with a bunch of, like, you know, 9.30 a.m. soccer mom classes either, but uh, such a cool kid, man. Great face of the sport. He's young. He's handsome. You know, you got to keep that. He's going to have to keep the mullet the rest of his career. That's unfortunate. Or do something <laughs> a little more crazy because he, he, he's got to. It's like the beard. Yeah. It's like Harden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, the, the hairstyle now owns you. You don't own the hairstyle. <laughs> Yeah, you, you can't say enough about. I'm I'm super excited. I was personally rooting for Fakowski and and or Vellner. Basically, the reverse of the podium is the way I wanted to see it finish. Um, but you're talking about an American winning again, which is cool. Um, like a hell of a kid. You can't say enough good stuff about him. You were always on the Madeira train, though. Even even if you were rooting for them. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not. I fell off a little bit after semis, but oh, yeah. We're not going to revisit our, my power our rankings. Open for that. power rankings. I think I had them ranked in the top three or something like that. Yeah. So uh, um, I like the way the men's leaderboard kind of finished up as far as like we got some some old veteran, not old veterans, but veterans, and then some new guys that kind of came in. We got new blood coming in. Maderos, yeah. Saxon Pancheck really improved. Mayeros. This, this Guy Maleros guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lazar Dukic. That dude. He was impressive too, man. I mean, he had a couple, couple pretty terrible finishes, but like the ones that he were was in the top end, he was he was really good. I want to watch him again. I want to I want to watch that guy again because 
the, his high, the workouts he finished high on were striking. You know, like the fact that he did well on the running toes of R1, the fact that he did very well on the swim kayak, basically won the swim kayak if Janikowski wasn't a mermaid. Yeah. So um, I, I have to think about it a little bit more off the, off the top of my head, but he, he was extremely impressive. I just think he had a couple bombs. Yeah, no, he had, a, he had a 30th place finish in event three. Um, hang on. 30th place finish in event three. He had a 22nd place finish. Uh, 26th. He had a real bad event six and seven. Oh, the yeah. clean workout? Yeah, that was a rough one for him. Uh, okay. But well, there you go. Again, that, it's like that, that workout is weighted so heavy. Yeah, he had a first place finish, a second place finish, and then a bunch of top tens. Um, so... Yeah, he had a good weekend. Speaking of uh, one more thing about Mazeros, did you happen to catch Heber Cannon's video of him at the after party? No, I have not. So at the after party, he's up in the DJ booth. (laughs) They're playing All I Do Is Win. He still has his competition uniform on. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just hyping the crowd up, dancing in the DJ booth. And... I don't know if he were wanted to hide it or not, but you definitely caught there was a drink resting on the uh, resting on the table at that DJ booth. I was like, "Good for you, Materos." Dude, that dude was chugging the champ the champagne on the on the podium. What do you say? That dude was chugging the champagne on the podium. That's fantastic. He, like everybody's popping, like he pops it, and then it, like everybody's just kind of standing there. He's over there just throwing <laughs> it back. And I tell you what, um, I will say, man. Oh, I almost welled up a little bit just as like being a new parent. And uh, he finishes that event up. He ices the, you know, he calls game on the final event, walks off the, the off the, uh, walks up onto the platform. The first thing he does is run and give both of his parents like a huge hug, man. Oh yeah. I mean, especially this- just having it for my first kid. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't even imagine how those parents must feel right now. Did you hear him say after? I don't know if he said it to like during an interview or during the award ceremony. He's like, "Yeah, I thought my parents were on the other side of the like the gym yeah. the entire time, and I ran up past the finish line. And they were right there." <laughs> That's so awesome, man! Like, oh my god, I can't imagine how proud his parents must be, how much, how happy they must be for him. You oh, know, yeah, yeah, That'd be, it's so cool. Um, Tia, what more right, can be said about Tia that hasn't already been said, including that cliche I just said. <laughs> Dude, she is insane. It's not even fair. Like, it was almost disappointing to hear that she was coming back next year. Yeah. So, yeah. So, all the necessary qualifiers to Tia, what, what, what can I even possibly say at this point? She's, she's, like, it's like everybody else is playing checkers and she's playing, like, polo. Like, she's, like, totally different level of, of, of athletics. But, uh. I, I kept when the like when the, the it, they were doing the post event interviews, I kept waiting to hear from a n- numerous athletes that were interviewed. Um, like, are we going to catch a new retirement? Is anyone going to hang it up? Is anyone going to say even something provocative? And part of me kind of thought like maybe Tia after this one's going to say I have nothing else to really compete for at this point. I have nothing else left to prove in the sport. I want to go have a kid. Um, but then I realized she made $350,000 in prize purse alone. So it checks out that she wants to come back one more time. Yeah. And she's also, she's pretty young. She's only 27. That's crazy. 
she's yeah. young. I think I, I I honestly do think she will come back one more time and hang it up. But like who like why why not just keep going? I it's a lot of work. I mean there yeah, are easier but... ways to make hundred K a year. Yeah. No, you're right. You know, like um she could go just dominate. She's still young enough. She can go pick up a new sport and go dominate that. <laughs> that's true. Well, I mean, she she said that she wanted to go to the Olympics for bobsledding. That's her like that's her next year. Her Olympics bobsledding, we'll do one of the semifinal events, and then just back to the games. Yeah, she. So, uh, I think she wants to come back one more time. Just I want her. To, I think she wants to settle the the Matt Tia debate. It's such a that's a debate that needs to have its own podcast, but. Oh yeah, yeah. that's coming ve- real soon. It's very, very interesting. It, I was thinking about the the other day, and it was way close. Like I didn't expect it to be close. I was just like, Matt's just in his own stratosphere. But like the last couple of years, she is just she's kind of vaulted into that conversation. Oh, 100%. Here's here's the here's the question. Um, so my immediate, without going in, because when we do this, we're diving into the numbers. We're doing it right. My no. immediate first reaction is Tia is superior. However, I have the opposite. I have the opposite reaction. Perfect. Then we'll we'll settle this. It's perfect <laughs> for when we do it. But uh, oh shit, what was I going to say now? See, now I lost it. Thanks a lot. Sorry. T is superior. Okay, go from there. Uh, no, it just left my head. You say something. It'll come back to me. Okay, I think it's I think it's pretty cool though. Like Tia and Matt, so close, and their careers are at this point are completely identical. Right, two second so place finishes, five first place finishes. It'd been it would have been cool to to leave it off like that, but yeah, right. And like especially since they're friends, mm-hmm. right? Like, tell you what, I'm hanging it up. You guys take over from here. Who who had the, the better legacy? You know what have been would have been so cool. I, this is just like a movie, like fairy tale kind of stuff. It's like Tia hangs it up, and then like kind of takes off like two years, and then whoever wins it the next couple of years, Horvath or. Haley Adams or Mal O'Brien, whoever. And then T and Matt both two years from now are like, all right, I'm just going to show these guys where like, they're still not the best and just win it two years from now. Is it that crazy? Because, all right, so if you paid attention, when Dave Castro announced Tia Toomey was winning, she mm-hmm. said the most dominant CrossFitter in history, Tia oh, Toomey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was he definitely you playing No that. Fraser heard that shit. Oh, yeah. And you know he, he was stewing about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even though Castro has been totally playing nice, he's been totally saying, like, civil with Fraser, saying nice things about him. You know Fraser took that personally. And I was like, did he take it personally enough to run it back? Dude, is I he freaking feeling hope fresh? so. I've, I hope so, because as, as exciting as these, these games were, I definitely missed just watching him just ruin everybody. Oh, I don't. I was so glad he was gone. I was so I, I, happy Fraser's gone. So I was thinking about this the other day too. I was like, I'm like, it's nice, it's nice to have like some competition again. But then I was like, man, when people watch sports for like domination, like they watch golf to watch Tiger Woods, they watch basketball to watch LeBron James and Michael Jordan, they watch football to watch. Yeah, football is a bad example because nobody likes to see Tom Brady win. <laughs> but but you you like you like to watch people dominate. You like to watch history being made. So um, like I said, as nice as it was to see some fresh faces and everything, it just I, it, something was missing for me. So you can appre- you can appreciate that, and I can respect that. I'm just I just I had enough. 
Like I, I think Fraser did enough to for to end the conversation. He's the best individual CrossFit athlete of all time. Now the or the argument is, does he have the best career of all time? Which we've already litigated to uh, to death. But uh, I just I just had enough. The, the sport it was so much more fun this year to watch it and and see a real competition on the men's side. And I want to see that back again on the women's side. I, I mean I, I agree with you. You're not wrong. I just like to see the. I like to see sport domination. Like it's like, that's, you remember those types of things. You don't remember, oh man, that 2021 was, that was great competition. You're not going to yeah. remember that 10, 15 years from now. You're going to talk yeah. about Frazier and Tia winning five, six, seven, seven games in a row. So my immediate question, so the question I, I was trying to remember, if Tia comes back next year and she takes second place, who's the better uh, all-time CrossFit athlete, Tia or Matt? Matt, Matt stays retired. Mm-hmm. Tia comes back, she takes second place. Does that improve or detract from her legacy? I don't think it detracts. I, I'm, I'm so tired of the, the argument in sports where, like, making, like, the podium or making it to the very end and having a chance to win detracts from your career. I like, agree if she with finishes, that. If she finishes in 23rd, sure. But she could finish in 23rd next year and everybody would be like, something was definitely wrong. Right, like, they, they opinion, wouldn't believe the the finish. You people need to give more credit to Peyton Manning for going to a Super Bowl and losing. Yeah, like that deserves that deserves recognition. Like it matters that you went to the championship and you, but you, even though you didn't win, you're we're in a world now of if you don't make the playoffs, it's better than making the finals <laughs> and losing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So she she came out. She she. Pretty much instantly committed. I'm coming back next year. Yeah, which I makes was, me think that she's not close to retiring. Right, right. Which is, is which is interesting because it seems she seems somewhat distracted this off season, right? Like she was involved in the bobsledding. We didn't hear what. Like I don't know. I I had I just felt like somewhat of an inclination, you know. But at the end of the day, she's an awesome person. I think she's great for the sport. She's a great face for the sport. Like happy to see her come back i mean i just i just like watching competition better yeah and i don't I, there's a lot of very very impressive girls but they're all just fighting for second place well yeah and again we lost more you know what i mean that was part of it too man like it would have been so much easier to sort of evaluate where where is tia if she was playing against a full battery of, of athletes i yeah. mean she had six high level athletes go down well, let's not act like she wouldn't have still won. It might have been closer, but she there, there was all these athletes have been there before, so. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I no, I hundred percent get that. the 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 margin of victory is getting bigger, not smaller. Like, yes. I, and that's like the impressive thing with freight with Fraser and with Toomey. So, it just would have been nice to see like in certain events, you know, like that freestanding handstand walk workout. Would have liked to have seen Carrie Pierce do that one. I agree. You know There's I mean? a couple of them that I was like, man, Carrie Pierce would have would have taken first as opposed to like Tia Toomey taking first. Right. Exactly. Quite a few. You know, or at least see some kind of showdown there, you know? Right, right. Um, so while we're on it, um, speaking of retirements, um, we we do need to talk about Amy Thor's daughter, who did not commit to retiring. I'm just saying I was I was partially expecting that as well. I, I, I could see her retiring, but I mean, she fought so hard to get back for this year. Like what the next year is not going to be as hard as this last year was. So why would you retire? 
I guess that's a that's a and she's that's a good and point. she's gotten and she's gotten better. Like this is her best finish since when was it? When was the last time she finished on the podium when she won? Uh, no, she finished on the podium in two thousand and nineteen. Did she? Eighteen. Okay, um, but even so, even so, she's not regressing. Is what I'm what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, that's a good point. I just think she's been in it for so long. You know what I mean? She she has a thriving business that's doing just fine. Um, you can make the she, argument that she is still the face of CrossFit for the women, even it, with Tia's dominance. You can yeah, make that you're, argument. You're probably still. right on that. Actually, that's uh, that's a that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, no, you're you're that. Those are all really strong points. It makes a lot of sense. My my just whole thought process was like, one, where do you go up from here? Like, how does it get, how could it possibly get better than what we just saw? That, that that was such an incredible performance. It's like, you know what? Good, that was good enough. Two, she, because I think she was saying, like, she was like, I was ready to be done when I had my kid, but I was like, I was experiencing postpartum depression and I was feeling down. And I did this just for me. Part of it is almost just like, you proved it. Like, you showed that you can do this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I would have thought part of me was just thinking like, maybe she's just like, I proved it. I did it now time to go on to the next chapter of my life. Yeah. But maybe she moved on to that next chapter and realized she just wasn't ready for it. Right. Yeah. It's a good point too. Yeah. So, yeah. I was, also, I was, and also she's got this wonderful business in CrossFit. Like wh- what better way to keep the business moving forward than to like continue to be one of the faces of the sport. Well, I legitimately think 5% of the population of Iceland is a member of CrossFit Reykjavik. I, I I completely agree. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, they they broke the I know a couple years ago they had the highest open open registration of any gym on the planet and it was like three hundred people registered for the open out of like one gym. Dude, you go if you fly into Iceland, I'm sure that like in their tourist like handbook, Reykjavik Crossed Reykjavik is like on the second or third page. So in an old video, this is this is a very old video of Annie Thor's daughter. She said an Uber driver once told her that uh, that CrossFit Reykjavik is the second most like si- second highest traffic destination in Reykjavik for that tourists. Is, that's wild. That's for a CrossFit crazy. Gym. For a CrossFit gym. <laughs> in a in a country that's typically thought of as like a strongman sport, strongman yeah. country. But uh, oh my god, I mean I. I normally don't buy into like the cheesy storylines and this, this stuff doesn't really affect me in this, in this sort of way, generally speaking, but Holy shit, man. And Annie's Annie's story was incredible yesterday. A- absolutely incredible. It was so, I, I don't throw this word around very often, but it was, it was so inspirational to watch. And it made it better because she didn't like exactly start off. Great. Right. Like right. She, Even she had to like climb her way back into the end. Like her last, Last five events were ninth, second, fourth, first, third. Like she, she fought her way to the podium. She earned it. And imagine that message that she's sending out to to so many people. Yeah, you know, like such a powerful thing. We're watching it, and someone's like, "Holy shit, Annie's doing really well in the the handstand workout." And I was like, "No part of you should be surprised at that." <laughs> First of all, she's been doing CrossFit since like 2008. Like at yeah, this I mean- point, if you haven't. <laughs> She should have practiced those a pretty good bit by now. And she's friends with Catherine, and I'm sure they just mess around with handstand stuff all the time. Yeah, they definitely do. There's videos so, of them doing it. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, so cool. Um, other names, we, get, let's, uh, we can rapid fire these uh, as we go. Uh, but 
I always get pissed when I watch like ESPN and they only talk about like two or three sports teams. Yeah. Uh, and I want to make sure we're comprehensive, at least somewhat comprehensive in who we talk about. Uh, just some guys that we haven't mentioned too, too much here. Uh, Pat Fellner. Dude, he was awesome. If he could just manage to figure out that first event, like <laughs> my God, like just figure it out, like get, get average at it. Be average. Right. Just unfuck your swimming and like, you'll be fine. It's, it's it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff that he was really, really impressive on, except handstand walk, of all things. Like, yeah. that, was, that was his second worst event was a handstand walk. And it's like, Pat Vellner's the worst gymnastics gymnast in the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It, it, and like then, it's so funny, like, you know, it's it, – like they they rehash like the same storylines about everyone all every event. Like we need to make sure we mention that Laura Horvath was a climber. We need to make sure we mention Carrie Pierce was a gymnast. We need to, like all that stuff. And it's like they always mention Pat Vellner was a gymnast. He had another one they kept mentioning this year this year too. I can't remember off the top of my head. And he does a handstand walk, and I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's like it's like Pat Vellner was his, the best gymnast on his like high school team. Like <laughs> all these other people are like professionals and like. Could have probably qualified for like the U.S. Olympic team or something, but yeah, Velner was just—he did gymnastics in high school. Like last time he touched an uneven bar was 16 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's kind of a funny thing, right? Like, yeah, you never really think about that. Like everyone's like, yeah, Pat Velner or, or anybody. Like he has a real strong gymnastics background. He did gymnastics growing up. It's like nobody said he was good at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, like, I played baseball my whole life, but I'm not good. That they, that they had football backgrounds. It doesn't mean it's helping your case. Right. With <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, he was, he was awesome. Uh, yeah. Just if he can just avoid a couple of those, just bomb out events, he, he wins the whole thing. Uh, I really I was, enjoyed I was his, really his fight back, back up. there. Was I really that, enjoyed his like kind of fight back to the top. Like it was, it was steady, like working yeah. his way back. Yeah. And that was put a up fun a good, battle like, between him and Medeiros. Yeah, he put up, like it was legitimately, like if Medeiros didn't do so well on that last day, like Belner earned the, like the first spot Belner or Medeiros just, he, he also earned it. Right. Uh, Laura Horvath. I was so happy to see her like back. And yeah, me too. Because like, I mean, she was awesome like three years ago and then it just kind of fell off for her. Like then nobody really knows what happened, but like, like she was really, really good this weekend. Minus like a few things, but like overall, she was great. Yeah, clear cut second fittest woman. Right, but she's it's it's kind of loaded because second fittest woman. She lost to the next stage of human evolution, but she beat third place by like over a hundred points. So it's it's like a loaded like yeah, Laura Hovat's insane. But uh, you know, I had the theory. Uh, I had the theory, I mentioned it on the, the Fantasy Fitnessing podcast, that, like, we haven't seen the best Laura Horvath the last couple of years, not because Laura Horvath's doing anything different, but because that was her t- intentional coaching trajectory. Like, I think in 2019, like, Laura Horvath was never supposed to do well. I think they were like, all right, Laura, if you're going to win the games, we need to plug these holes in your ship. And I, I just... We're going to spend the next don't... few years working on those weaknesses, and we're gonna we're not going to build your trajectory through the course of a of a nine month season. We're going to build your course of the your trajectory through the course of a three year macro cycle. Yeah, 
And I think what we saw this weekend, I think, was sort of that end product. And in any other year, or if Tia Toomey, she did enough to be the fittest woman on earth. I agree. She did enough and then some. Like, it was it was visible to the eye. You don't even have to look at the scoreboard or the leaderboard. She was the second fittest person there. Yeah. And it's like, because she had, she, I don't, to my knowledge, she didn't ever, she didn't have any real bombs. But uh, uh, shit, man, if, there, if there's a workout that involves upper body gymnastics pulling, forget it. It's, it's Horvath's. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. She didn't, she didn't have any real bombs. And, and I was impressed with her freestanding handstand push up work because yeah. that, that's notably a, a weakness for her. I mean, it's not deficit handstand push ups, which, we, I still want to see how she how she's gone with that, but she lucked out in that department. Yeah, another year to work on them too. Right, Jason Hopper. Uh, he was disappointing. I mean, it's pretty easy to say disappointing for kind of what we thought he would, where he, we thought he would be. I mean, I still think he had a a decent weekend. It's just not what what we expected him to do. Nineteenth place. I mean, but that's like he's a rookie. I mean, I know we've had some rookies place in the top five, top three, all that. But he came in like kind of out of nowhere and and then got all of these expectations thrown on him. Like every CrossFit media outlet was making videos about him, like calling him one of the favorites. So like I think it got to his head a little bit. I think this weekend was humbling. I think he'll be back and better next year. I definitely expect him to be back and I definitely expect him to be better. I think there was a quite like a handful of events where like if he just didn't get in his head, he probably places 10 spots better. Yeah. I so, think you're right. I mean, he's a football player and football players, and I'm not saying every person here doesn't have an ego, but especially football players, they got egos, man. They, 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 they want to prove and prove himself in this sport. So I think, I think he just got in his head and tried to do a little too much too fast. Football is a weird sport in that it's it's not a psychological – I wouldn't characterize it as a psychological sport, mm-hmm. whereas, like, a sport like golf is extremely psychological, right? Mm-hmm. So I think having a foot – being a football player, have a football player mentality can be somewhat detrimental to a CrossFit athlete at times in the sense, like, in football, when things aren't going right, we're not taking steps to sort of take a step back and evaluate our mindset. A football player, when things are going poorly – you just get pissed and you just try harder. Yeah. And CrossFit's not a sport where that's good. You're going to be rewarded for that all the time. Where you sit here, CrossFit's it's like, like CrossFit's a sport where you do something poorly, you take a step back and then spend the next four months fixing it. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't work overnight. <laughs> yeah. Football, it's like, but yeah, football, you make a mistake, something goes poorly, you dust yourself off, you get yourself and you come back and, you know, ready yeah. on the next play. CrossFit is not like that. So that mentality can be certainly be detrimental. I, and um, it, I feel like this is like one of the first times that we've seen it like play out that way where it's like, all right, we're watching a guy that expected to be in the top 10 on day three. He's not in the top 10 and he sold his soul and you saw him crash and burn. Yeah. You know? it's, he's, he's a, uh, he's a stray dog being caught by animal control. And it's like, <laughs> you need to stop struggling or you're going to hurt yourself more. Yeah, yeah. He just didn't know. <laughs> he found that red line and didn't, didn't realize that he got there already. Um, does Can Haley Adams win the CrossFit Games, parentheses, after Tia retires? I'm sorry. Say that one more time. 
So in parentheses, okay. after Tia retires, can Haley Adams win the CrossFit Games? Yeah. Haley Adams has got one problem. She's got one thing to worry about. Big problem. No, it's a big problem, but she's great at like every other event. She just needs to get stronger. Yeah. Would you rather okay, so let's 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 compare athletes here. Let's take our boy Guillermo Harris, who's very, very strong and very fit. Or Haley Adams, who's not strong but super fit. It's like which which athlete would you rather take to your gym and be like, hey, I can get you to win the CrossFit game in the next three years? No questions asked, my eros. I don't think so. He already he already has he already has the um the buy-in. The barrier, the barrier to entry is already taken care of for him. Mm-hmm. The reason Matt Fraser won five titles is he walked in on his first day in a CrossFit gym and he could snatch 315 pounds. Yeah. You like the, all the other stuff that can fall into line. Now, I don't think my is ever going to be a champion because I think I, I just don't think he will be. Uh, I just don't think, I think he's always going to be an explosive twitchy athlete and that's what he's going to do forever. But I think the thing, here's my thing. I think Haley Adams can win the CrossFit games. I don't think Haley Adams is willing to do what she needs to do to win the CrossFit games. And that's going to be stop doing CrossFit. Yeah. If Haley Adams wants to win the CrossFit games, someone needs to tell it say, Haley, stop doing CrossFit. She might be, you might be right, but I feel like she might be in the wrong place for someone like Rich is not going to be like, you need to stop doing CrossFit to get stronger. He's just going to say, you need to do CrossFit heavier to get stronger. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And what what, you mentioned in, He's mentioned in videos prior that he, he he's like I don't lift like I don't lift to get stronger I do CrossFit to get stronger. Yeah, and he's rich fucking froning like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of stuff that he does that I would not recommend to anybody to do. Like he was also winning CrossFit Games championships eating Oreos and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day. Yeah. So no, I think um, I, I think when Tia retires, it's. Haley Adams is going to be a favorite. She's not strong. She's only 20 years old. Now, Mal O'Brien kind of kind of hurt her argument for like not being strong and being young because she's already strong. But Haley Adams is just so good at like 75% of everything else. Yeah. Um, my th- I think Haley Adams can win the cross against, but I think it would take her taking a year. Same thing I just said with Laura Horvath. We're not, you're not going to do a one-year trajectory. You're going to do a three-year trajectory. And that trajectory starts with put away your running shoes, put away your gymnastics grips, get your weightlifters ready. Yeah. Like you, you right. just need to get bigger and you need to get stronger because even the women that are like the not heavy lifters in the field, like a Kristen Holta, I believe if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, Kristen Holta beat her this weekend. And Kristen Holza has a what 15 pounds on her? Yeah. Kristen and Holta now that being that also place. being said, I do have a suspicion that I think Haley might just be sort of a late bloomer. Like I don't I just don't think she's fully developed yet. She's very she's tall-ish and lanky, as opposed to some of the other younger ones with Emma Carey and Mal O'Brien, who are a little shorter and kind of not stockier, but like stockier, I guess. But so I don't, I, she just like you said. She just needs to spend some time lifting some weights, eating some more food, and we'll see. 
I don't think – I think Haley Adams can win. I don't think Haley Adams is ever going to be the dominant champion, if that makes sense. She will yeah. win, and she'll win by 50 points, 100 points, or, or she'll, she'll just be in the conversation. I think she'll be in the conversation every year, whether she wins or not is up in the air. Uh, who, who do you think wins who, – who do you think has got a better chance of winning in the next five years, her or Mal O'Brien? Mal O'Brien. See, or, I don't, I don't know. Nice. I don't know if I agree because I don't. Malibrine moves better. She's small. She's Matt really Fraser small. said, I'd pick, I would pick Justin Medeiros to win multiple championships just off the way he moves alone. And if you look at Malibrine and you look at Haley Adams, who moves better? Oh, yeah, 100%. Haley Adams does not move well. Nope. Unless um, he's running. Speaking of, speaking of the rookie of the year, key takeaways on Mallory O'Brien from this weekend. She was impressive. She won the event, or she did well in the events that I thought she would, and then she kind of – she did – her events where I didn't think she would do well, she did better than I thought she would, if that, if that makes sense. Her floor was – her floor was higher than I expected it to be. Mm, yeah. She had some high – She de- it's cliche, but it's – you know, she definitely had highs and she had lows, and she, she yeah. definitely seemed to ride them out pretty well and kind of take her lumps and come back ready to fight the next – you know, the next event. Yeah. She she was impressive. I didn't I fully didn't expect her to finish in the top seven. Yeah, I, um, I expected her to be right there with Emma Carey, to kind of top twenty, bottom half of that top twenty. But yeah, yeah she was very she was very impressive. I'm getting in on the ground floor with Mallory O'Brien. I do think I think she has what it takes to be a champ. Dude, her coach, that dude is strong. <laughs> yeah, he's a football player guy. He's yeah. uh yeah he's a he can power clean a house. <laughs> yes. Um, BKG. I mean, I basically said that he was kind of the power rankings. BKG. Yeah, I basically kind of said that he was done, and then he uh, came out and he was very, very impressive. Yeah. It, Speaking of taking no L's, man, like just no bad events, it feels like. But he just, he just, he never seems to have a bad event. But then, like you, you'll be like, okay, this is going to be a good one for BKG. He never seems to really win them either. BKG is another weird one where it's like, man, like he's fin- he's, he's in the top, he's in the, lead, in the lead for most of the event, and then he just kind of f- flutters off towards the end. I'm like, man, don't you just have like a little bit of a kick or a little bit of desire to like finish, take first? Like that race that he had with uh, with Dukic, with the pegboard work. And I was like, come on, man, you were leading this entire way. Like yeah. just find it in you to just like keep going for two more minutes. Yeah, he – um. He was another one that suffered badly from the the double clean workout. Yeah, that that, that that workout is not done twice. Essentially, it's it's a very different competition for him. I think the the leaderboard is pretty different all the way around for both men and a women. Lot, if that, I think a lot would have changed if they if they wouldn't have done that. Uh, but yeah, you, the guy uh, just keeps trucking, man, and he seems like sure. he's ready to keep going. Like he it doesn't seem like he has any intents on stopping. So. Dude, these Iceland people that all train together, it's like, why, why would we stop and stop hanging out? <laughs> and uh, last one I've written down, I uh, saved the best for last, the uh, Sam Briggs Spirit of the Games Award winner, Scott Panchik. I mean, what, what do you say about him? Like, dude's running with no knees and still finished top 11. Dude, if he has functional joints below the hips – I think that guy takes the podium this year. Oh, I agree. 100%. Like he, he, any event that didn't involve his knees, like just about to pop out of his skin, like he finished in the top 10. Yeah. I'd be curious to see like, 
go back and look at the ones that like, you know, the the long run, the sprint, even the yoke carry, that's got to be scary on unstable knees. You know what I mean? Like, go back and look. at It's like, oh, if he been, even if he finishes middle of the pack on those, like, what would that have done to his score? Like, he finished second to last on event 10, the toes-to-bar mile run workout. Like, he took 29th, 27th on events 9 and 10. Like he just had so many bomb workouts that you know he wouldn't have bombed if he could move. He took a nine six. Which one was nine and ten? Oh man, you make me look him up. Seven, seven, uh, eight was a clean. So nine and ten. That was was, was ten. The, the hang on one sec. Nine. Where am I at? Nine was the the bike snatch workout, which I'm kind of surprised he didn't do better in. He's not the best biker. And then ten is the the toes to bar mile run. Okay, yeah. So um, I'm not totally surprised he didn't do well on it. Just being injured as a person with bad knees, not totally he's shocked. He, he had a hard time with the power output on the bike because the bike was also a separator on that event. He's not a good biker. <sighs> yeah, like but there's, remember, a difference between the, uh... crit, there's a difference between crit and, and a high wattage output, just all out effort on the echo bike. No, if you, but if you remember the, uh, the workout in 20, 19 with the the bike and the, the 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 burpees to the rings and the one that newberry sold his soul on <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Panjack finished Panjack finished last and second to last on those two workouts oh really yeah yeah um yeah i just can't he's he seems like he's like in a really cool place in his life uh seems like an awesome guy i really love how like into his the community at, at his affiliate he is and sort of what he's propagating, like mentality sent a team to the games this year. Um, love where his head's at on just being a father and sort of being an elder statesman in the sport. And yeah, he's a he's a cool guy too, man. I'm just I glad really that, like Scott Panchik a lot. I'm glad that in a, a games where a lot of people withdrew with injuries, he kind of just fought through his and got and was just like, I'm just gonna enjoy this for what it is. And yeah. I'm gonna get through it. Yeah, that was that was really cool too. When you saw like People dropping like flies this year. He's like, no, I'm, I'm going to tough this out one last like time. I, yeah, I was like, I could, I could withdraw and like people would understand, but nah, I'm just going to – my knees are – they hurt. They'll be fine. Yeah. And I don't have to – I don't have to put the wear and tear on them anymore. Yeah, I'll need a last place if I need to. <laughs> but and, he didn't. Uh, Jesus just, Christ. So good. Travis Mayer. Travis Mayer. Let him win his final heat, man. Come on. Oh, my God. I know. I was, I was like, <laughs> oh, this is I'm like, is Scott going to win his final heat in, in this CrossFit Games career? And Travis Mayer has to swoop in and fuck that up. That was cringy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of those events, um, so, day, day four, final day of events. First one we've had was the two 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 three interval, 20 GC sit-ups, eight cheese curd, burpee over the hay bale, and then 168-foot yoke carrying your remaining time. Weight was 605, 425. Workout could have been really cool. Just the athletes are way better than the demo team athletes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that uh, I, I read that workout the night before, and I was, I was excited. I was really excited for it. And I think really the way you fix it is they have to go down and come back. I, well, or, or just have a max carry. Like have everybody do all the rounds. Like it's still I like cool. the idea in the two-two-two-three interval format of rewarding the people that sell out. Yeah, no, that's true. And the thing, and the cool thing about that that workout is, 
if you sell out and you push that red line, you got to come back and do that work again. Right. You know what I mean? So that's why it's such a really cool workout. I really like a lot. Um, but it's, it's like funny. tough because there were some people that really struggled to get that yoke across the field in the time they were given. And then Tia yeah. almost finished it in the first interval. Yeah, it's it's just difference in athletes, man. Like some people, you could tell like some people just work the yoke, like because the yoke carrying the yoke is kind of an art form. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not an easy. It's not something you can just pick up and do. Like you would think it would be, but the way that thing moves around on you, if you can't get it set, it's it can make for a long day. But um, but yeah, you could definitely tell people that have worked with that thing and people that haven't. I was also really surprised it wasn't down and back because the theme of the games this year has been like logistics, right? You would have thought Castro would have wanted the yoke down and then brought back. So it's set up for the next heat. Oh yeah. And that's then make us make a sprint for the finish. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, that's what I didn't really understand. So that was a workout that was like 90% awesome. That just, he, he, he didn't swing and a miss. He like fouled one off. Well, yeah, but that's also a tough one because he's like all the guys that are like demoing this workout for him are finishing like where the people that were kind of stuck on the yoke were like so that like for them, it looked good. Like some people didn't finish. Right. So like like you just don't expect somebody to go the whole length of the field and not drop that yoke. I'd be curious to hear Castro's opinion on that workout, how, how he evaluated it. Yeah. You know, I would, I would say he's, he would call it a miss. A miss just because the just the the level of parity in the athletes. Yeah, you know, for for Guimaieros, that was an awesome workout, but BKG disrespected it. Yeah. Um. Event number fourteen, six, ten, fourteen, deadlift at four hundred five, two seventy five, and freestanding handstand pushups. I really like this workout only because it was so different than what we've seen in the past. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, love it. Go ahead. Handstand, those, the handstand pushups, they were cool. They just look, they, they were, they were tough watch sometimes. And it was kind of hard to tell if like you were actually getting a rep, but like we don't often see the deadlifts and we'd never seen the handstand walk. So it was cool to like, it was just, it was so different. Like it was, it was fun to watch. It wasn't just your typical uh, snatch and bike workout. Um. I was very happy when I saw them announce freestanding handstand pushups. Um, first of all, I've been screaming for them for years. They need to do it um, yeah. because they need to find they. We always see monostructural events represented at the games. We see strength events overrepresented at the games. We see mixed modal events highly represented at the games, but we don't see a lot of stuff that's t- testing gymnastics uh, gymnastics skill. And it's admittedly difficult. It's not easy to quantify a quality movement right you're like you know what are you going to do have them hold an iron cross for you know 20 reps of getting an iron cross it'd be weird right right so i really like that they he tested skill in this event as well as a uh, absolute strength on that heavy 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 deadlift um i really like that he had them handstand walk forward as they went too uh, just visually it would have been really shitty if he wasn't doing that right yeah, I don't even know how you, you make that event if you don't make them walk forward on their hands. Like, all right, do one, hop down and move forward. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I was now obviously a lot of athletes stumbled with, but I was actually surprised at how well those athletes handled that, that skill. Yeah. I mean, there was athletes that fumbled it, but like by fumbled, they just didn't really get to the last round. I think pretty much everybody made it to that, the middle round towards the end of the middle round, beginning of the last, the last round of work. Which yeah. I was, dude, I thought that the, <laughs> the females did not handle that deadlift with deadlift weight. Well, yeah, but they did way better on the handstand pushups than the men did. Oh. So oh, yeah. it balanced out. I did not ex- 275 doesn't sound like a heavy deadlift for like these women. For, yeah. Me, in my opinion. Yeah. But the, uh, yeah, it was, it was a really great penultimate event. Like usually the more exciting event isn't the final. It's the one before the final. And mm-hmm. uh, this did not let down. I'm, and I'm glad the athletes sort of rose to the occasion. And I mean, what certainly helped is it, is it didn't disappoint in the sense that the two athletes at the front on the men's side were Maderos and, and Velmer. Oh yeah. That made it very, way more exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought that was total, total aces. And then we had the final event. We had a 600 meter row, 90 chest of bars, 36 foot back rack, walking lunge, front rack, walking lunge, and an overhead walking lunge. Uh, I thought this event was kind of a stinker. Really? Yeah. Nothing was hard. <laughs> like these, the athletes didn't, none of them struggle with 90 chest of bars anymore. Like, and then the lunge, it was just kind of, you had a pace that you had to go at, and that was it. Uh, there was, there was no like, there was no real race. It was just, I don't know. I thought it was kind of boring. I liked it. Castro definitely likes to roll the dice on lunges as a final workout a lot. That's, they can be, they can be exciting. Right off the top of my head, that is at least the third time he's finished the CrossFit Games with walking lunges. I would have been happier if he would have done just the full length as an overhead walking lunge. Oh, really? None of the, none of the athletes are going to fail a back rack or a front rack walking lunge. They might be hard, but like you tell me like a few, like who's not going to get through that. I think it was, uh, it was probably a degree of just his own OCD because yeah. I think he threw the back rack in there. First of all, it's almost like a, like an ascending rep scheme. Like mm-hmm. if you go three, six, nine, you're like, Oh, the yeah. first part was easy. Second part fucking sucked. The last part was worse than the other two combined. Um, so I think that's partially why he did the back rack. And second, I think he probably couldn't decide between front rack or overhead. So he was like, we'll just do all three. Cause like the front rack, that front rack walking line, I did this workout today. This front rack walking, the front rack position is harder than the overhead position for me because it's just structurally more difficult to, to maintain. Yeah. I just think that, uh, yeah, maybe. So like just have a longer lunge with either the front rack or the overhead just because there, there needed to be like a point where like these athletes had to actually put the weight down and like, it's like, all right, I need to pick this back up or I'm going to get caught now. Yeah. I liked it. I think, I think Castro just like, he likes to just take a bet on there's going to be a race at the end. And if you're racing at the end, a walking lunge is awesome. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think why he likes it. And, um, he hadn't done any, any pull-ups yet. He hadn't been on a rower yet. I thought know. the rower was just like, it's like, oh, we threw this in because we had to get the rower on the screen. <laughs> I like the event. I mean, I did, I generally think most final events really aren't that great. Um, and it's always the the second to last event that's always awesome. The second, the last event tends to not be the most exciting. Yeah. Um, 
I thought this was a solid one, though. I enjoyed it. I mean, I don't I mean, say it's a bad one, but I just it, it was it was boring to me. It, it was really anticlimactic. But like, in in be careful with like ninety chest bars isn't hard. The goal isn't always for it to be hard. Sometimes Castro wants it to be easy, so they have to put. If you want to win this event, you have to bleed for it. Yeah, no, I literally. Get that. <laughs> I get that. Um, so as a whole, like just thirty thousand foot view up down on the event. Uh, how'd you feel about it? I thought this was one of the better ones that we've seen in a, in a while. Like there wasn't uh, event seven is just is the main eyesore for the programming and like, we're going to look back at that and be like, that was, it was just unnecessary and it, and it changed way too much on the leaderboard Yeah, for me. Um, but I mean, like as a whole, like it was, it was well run. Like they were on time for every, which was nice. Um, so I, I think it was a good weekend. Yeah. I, I think in terms of the test, um, I'm with you. I hate, I hated event seven. Um, there's little tweaks here and there that I, you know, obviously I have, I'm a professional criticizer, so that's what I'm going to do. But I think looking down on the, on the games as a whole, I think it was a very egalitarian test. Uh, a lot of different things were represented equally. Uh, it wasn't basically just seven running events this time. Um, besides that one event, I didn't really think anything was stupid. Um, the AMRAP wasn't the best. I wasn't really crazy about that either. But uh, as far as programming goes, I'd say it would be much better than a lot of the earlier games. But in terms of programming, the most recent one, throw 2020 out. In terms of like the 17, 18 or like 17, 18, 19 games, probably on the weaker end of those. But uh, I really I, I, I really enjoyed these games this year. This, this, these were a lot of fun to watch. Uh pretty much watched every second of it. It was, it was really great. Yeah. This was the first one that I've been like honed in on it from start to finish. Didn't really miss an event. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's uh, something in itself. Yeah. And I, and I watched most of the heats. It was nice. Cause like, like there wasn't any events where you had four heats and you didn't really care about the first like two because you didn't right. know anyone. Like right. they managed to, Either you knew everybody because you saw them in the semifinals or by the time they got to like some of these like later events, it was just two heats. So I thought they did a good job with that. Yeah. So it was like, I'm still not totally psyched about cuts, but I'll tell you what, man, it's like, you know, the way the cut structure they did this year was good. Probably could use maybe one, maybe one more event with them at 30 instead of 20. I don't, I, I don't think I like them cutting after one event from 30 down to 20. Um, just like to allow a little bit more swing room there. Just made the last event of day three a 20-person event. But the cool thing with the, the cut structure is all, all 40 of those athletes, they got a full competition. They got nine events. Oh, yeah. They got yeah. plenty of swings up at the plate. You know, and uh, what we saw then too is when we cut down to 20, there's a ton more creativity they can have in programming. And it's just way more entertaining. It's, a, it's mm-hmm. not this all day dick drag that we have four heats. I think Castro figured out a couple of years ago that four heats sucks. Yeah. Cool. Especially by the time you get to Sunday, like no one, like the people, the people that are in heat four don't want to be there anyway. Like, <laughs> they're over it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're hurting. They've got no chance. So like, 
Yeah, we don't need to see that. Right. So, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, so I was, I was like, I actually did kind of enjoy cutting that. And we get, you know, we got that one heat of 20 men, one heat of 20 women. Boom, we're moving on, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I, the cut structure, I think it's a good way. I just think like maybe one more event with 30 people just to give that those people on the outside looking in a chance to play their way in a little bit more. I agree. There, you didn't really have much of an opportunity to sort of affect your destiny there. I mean, yeah, you can say that, but they still had the eight previous events to like be higher than 37th place. No, I'm talking when they cut from 30 or cut from 40 down to 30. I'm saying that no, yeah, I know. we just had I know that event saying. 10 between 30, going from 30 to 20. I get what you're saying. You could, I bet you if you said that to Castro, he's like, well, they shouldn't have been in 30th place for the first eight events or nine events, you know? Sure. Like I gave, he's like, I gave them the opportunity to be in the top 15 for nine events. So, I mean, that, I, I agree. I agree I guess, with but... you. I agree with you. I'm just saying, like, I, I don't think it, I don't think you can make the argument for one of the athletes that like got cut that they didn't have a chance to be in the top 20, you know? Yeah. That's so. I mean, fair enough, but, um, but yeah, all in all, man, I, I really, I did really enjoy the event this year. I think they did a really great job. I said, um, I said earlier on, I, I do think Madison's kind of run its course. I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of ready for next year to be the last year in Madison. I don't, I don't know if I need any more Ma- Madison, Wisconsin. Especially if they're going to continue just to do events on the lake and that's it. Right. Yeah. Why do we need to be here if you're just going to be going to that same disgusting biohazard lake? Yeah. Forget the athlete should like boycott and be like, listen, man, we're not doing the lake again. We all get <laughs> sick. We all get rashes from this damn lake. Right. Yeah. Like I'd be curious. I, I like, who was it? Sam Cornway said he was sick. And then oh. Tim Paulson said he was sick. And yeah. Well, yeah, you don't believe Cornway, but yeah. Yeah, like how many people need to fucking get sick or get rashes or whatever for them to be like, we're just not going to swim. Just find a different lake, man. There's other my, lakes out there. My God, the Zeke Grove story alone should have like made him never want to put somebody in the lake again. Right. Yeah. Man. Like ever. <laughs> yeah. Zeke Grove alone should have been like, and he's never been the same. That guy's been doing <laughs> the games and like, um, so last thing, uh, give me way too early predictions. Give me some hot takes. Uh, Tia wins again. Not a hot take. Uh, hot takes, hot takes. All right. I don't necessarily have a hot take, but I have like a, like a thought for you for next year's games. If Justin Madero's wins again, does it take away from Matt and Tia's stretch of winning? Because it's just like, all right, well, the next guy's going to win the next five in a row. Hmm. Yo, so it's like once you establish a certain level of fitness, you're like getting you're, better at the same rate as everybody else. Yeah. So it's just understood that you're just going to win. And, and as long as you don't just totally fuck around. Right. So like like Ben Smith won in, in 2015, and that was that's the outlier. But like Matt Fraser was right there. Like he had every opportunity to win. And then he won no, the next You five. know what? I'm thinking about it, and I'm going to say no, it doesn't, because you haven't seen that in the women's field as much you've seen back to back but you have outside of tia that's it okay like you haven't you haven't seen people go more than back to more than back to back outside of tia okay uh, so that was it was a thought that i had and i'm like I, if madero's like wins two or three in a row it's like all right this is just going to be kind of the way it is it's like like yeah just going to be kind of the way it is for for now but yeah 
Yeah. But as far as like hot takes go, like the the men's side, I think we're it's gonna be pretty pretty much similar to what we've got this year. I don't there we've got a couple young guys, but nothing nobody that I'm like, all right, this guy, he's taking over next year. I mean, Medeiros is that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I I wish we I I wanna say Medeiros won't win back to backs, but honestly, all the information is there that he's gonna win again. He's 22. Most people win back to back or go on or go on runs. So I, I think that all the evidence is there that he's probably going to win again. He's 22. He's well rounded. He didn't win because of weird programming. Yeah, he didn't win yeah. because he just didn't. He didn't quite bomb as many as everybody else bombed. So yeah, I, I think he's. I think he's the clear favorite for next year, and T is obviously the clear favorite for the um, the women. Uh, I guess I'll go with the hot. T- I think. I'm a Haley Adams like supporter. I think she podiums next year. Yeah, I was as you were talking. I'm sitting here thinking like, who's going to take second next year? I think Horvath. Like, if as long as she just continues, continues on this path, I think Tia is in a league of her own, and I think Horvath may be in like that next tier, and then yeah. it's everybody else. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we're going to see. Here's a here's a hot take for you. After next season. After next season, we will see a mass exodus of men's athletes. That's what we're yeah. that's my hot yeah. take for you. I think after the 22 season, you're gonna see uh like three, four, five, six, seven men's athletes retire. Like I wouldn't or be surprised if like Vellner, Fakowski, Olsen, Sager, maybe not Sager, but Mayer, like all of those guys just, just wrapped it like called it quits. They're all between 30 and like 33, 32 years old. They all, they're all having kids now. And then like uh, Noah Olson expressed uh, previously that him and Travis Mayer are, have every intention of walking away from individual and starting a team together. My God. I I'm actually looking forward to that because (laughs) I want, I want the team to be exciting and it's just not right now. No, and not so only because I, I had the discussion with my brother, and he was like, "Oh, T, T, he goes when Mayhem's gone, team is going to be so exciting because it's so competitive." And I was like, "Yeah, but like, Pop Warner football is is competitive. Like, just because the final score is seven nothing doesn't mean it was a good game. Like, the disparity in talent between individual and team, I don't know if it's ever been further than it is right now." Uh, my uh, my hot take. Castro brings back super teams. He seems to be on board with the affiliate model thing, but I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, he's got like the, you couldn't, there's not 99.9% of average CrossFitters couldn't name one single person from any other team besides mayhem. Yeah, no, you're, I mean, you're right on that. I don't do, I do this. I do a fucking podcast. I don't know if I could name you. I don't, Five people in the games this year that made because of, enough got kicked out because of steroids. So I couldn't tell you enough, like how many, like almost anybody in the games this year from the team side. Dude, it feels like it feels like most of like the 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 games veterans that were on teams kind of just they they left. They're, they're just kind of done now. Like mm-hmm. um, Spencer Hendel or whoever, also Malio. They're not doing team anymore. You know Hobart. Hobart. They're they're doing Masters. Um, so like all those guys, you knew their names. They're, they're just not around anymore. You need whether the competition's good or bad. You need to be able to, to like see recognizable faces. Right. 
Yeah, and it would be perfect timing if if he did that. I, I would be completely in favor of that um, because I think if he did that, you would see a bunch of dudes step away and go to team. They'd be like, this is my, this is my last run. Because they're, they're all in their like early 30s. They're all having kids. They've all been doing this shit for a long time. You know, like you, I think I think Scott Panchik was kind of the first domino to fall because mm-hmm. that now that whole generation, I think, is going to be on the way out. So Scott Panchik's rookie year was 2012. Mayer was 2013. Olsen was 2014. Fraser was 2014. Like uh, uh, Sager was 2014. Uh you know, Velner and Fikowski, they're a little, they're older, but they were, their rookie years were 2016. You know, like all these guys that sort of came up in this sort of same generation together, I think they're all going to age out together the same way that 2009, 2010 generation of like Spieler, Hackenbrook, Kalipa, they all sort of aged out and walked out the door together. Yeah, that's, the think, best, that's the best ahead. part about the, uh, the, the training camps. They can all go to team because they're all trained together already. <laughs> Right. Well, that's that's the question. So I was going to pose that for the 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 team podcast we want to do. Basically, if if there was if super teams were back and there was no individual, you're not allowed to or they just said, tell you what, individual gets paid 100 grand for winning. The winning team gets paid a million bucks. Who wins? Like food for thought, right? Oh, yeah. Like putting together the like you putting together the best team or are you talking about like training camps? I would say tra- because you can that, that would get too crazy then because okay oh, yeah. well now Comtrain's going to go grab BKG and like yeah, yeah, that would yeah. get too weird. You have so to say people about... that currently train together. Okay, okay. So think about it. I, I got to thinking about this one. So preview for one of our future podcasts, everybody. But good place to wrap it up. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, if you're tuning on YouTube, give us a like, give us a comment. If you're listening mm-hmm. to the podcast, thank you very much. Leave us a review perhaps. Anyway, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, Catch you guys soon.